0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Fred, joined by my co-hosts, Micah and Carrie. What up? Uh, I wanted you, Carrie, to talk about uh, Monster Hunter World first, because I'm Mm -hmm. feeling Micah will have uh, much more to say about his game this week.
1: Sure. Yeah, um, so Monster Hunter World, after experiencing somewhat of a hiatus for new updates due to COVID... Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, debuted the the latest terrible monster to fight uh, Alatreon. And since since that came out, I have been getting my shit kicked in by Alatreon. It is by far the hardest fucking fight in the game. This motherfucker will just wombo combo you with a bunch of different shit. Like you make one mistake, and you're and you're dead. Like no joke. Like doesn't matter doesn't matter what fucking weapon you play doesn't matter what kind of armor you have if you if you make like one dumb mistake fighting a Latreon, sometimes it's it doesn't even take a mistake sometimes he'll just be like hey you know what fuck you specifically and just kill your ass um i finally beat the special assignment for a Latreon, which I'll, then allows me to sort of play play it endlessly as an event mm-hmm. um so that's what i've been doing uh, monster hunter also is running its summer event um that actually just went live about a half hour ago so some more fun stuff coming up um but it's it's good to know that capcom is still continuing to update monster hunter world with just a lot of new content new fun stuff and events and whatnot um you know a couple years after its initial launch so.
0: More on Capcom later. They have, I have an interesting story came up last week uh, about them specifically. Uh, Micah has been playing Ghost of Shishima, and uh, how's that been?
2: Uh, you know, I got
0: to tell you, uh, uh, this is, is the perfect game for me. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I'm going to say, like it, 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 does, it does seem like you are the you are the target audience. That they yes. had in mind when they developed this game, for sure.
2: Yes. I, uh, I love this game. Um, God, where do we begin? Um, I'll I'll start with a couple of faults. Um, because they aren't a lot. And I kind of want to get them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an open world game. And it falls into the same trappings that open world games tend to fall into. Uh, and if you don't like that gameplay loop, like you're gonna get, you, you're gonna get tired of this, right? Because it's, you know, you you have, it's it's almost like a like a hybrid of, you know, everybody's making the Assassin's Creed reference, yes, but it's kind of like a hybrid of Assassin's Creed, and Far Cry, and Red Dead, and you know, every other open world game. So in that respect, you know, the gameplay loop is the same. If you don't enjoy the gameplay loop, then you are, uh, I mean, I still think you'll enjoy it, but, you know, you probably don't like these type of games to begin with. So Mm -hmm. Uh, the second major thing, you know, there's no lock on and everyone says, you know, oh, I wish there was a lock on. No, you don't need a lock on. You need a smarter camera. Uh, the camera is all manual, and you in, even in fights, the camera doesn't pull back enough for you to kind of be effective in certain situations. Uh, the camera will easily get caught up into, like, different little shacks and, and up against fence posts, and your vision can be easily obscured if you are fighting... You know, and some of these enemies will swarm you five at a time and will attack you two maybe three at a time, and different enemy types and in order to effectively deal with them, you have to switch stances and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you have to do and the camera not cooperating is a real kick in the balls uh, because the every piece of real estate on that controller is used and you are doing multiple button presses at any given moment. If it's either, you know, you have to switch stances uh, with two buttons, right? You have to select different ranged weapons with two buttons and then fire it with another button. And depending on like you, you have, there's a lot to do. And there's a lot to think about in, until you get a grasp of combat. And the camera is just, just, you know, it, it's a real asshole uh, sometimes. Uh, but that's pretty much, and the story is like, you know, boilerplate samurai stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, somebody betrays you and it is who you think it is, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 you know, it's fine. Um, now the positives. Uh, Let's get the superficial stuff out of the way. The game is fucking beautiful, man. It's one of the best looking open world games I've ever seen. And it doesn't like fall into the trap of bigger is better, right? Like the game is pretty big, but it's not like Red Dead big, Mm -hmm. where Red Dead is like, oh, yeah, it's big, but like there's a lot of nothing around. You know what I mean? This game is beautiful from head to toe. Like there are, you you will at one point be in this garden of like beautiful yellow flowers, and then you go into this field with these beautiful white flowers blowing in the breeze, and it then you you'll be at the beach. The the weather effects, the particle effects, like it is, it is, it is a gorgeous game uh and you know when you have a beautiful looking game you have photo modes because photo modes are like the thing now right this photo mode is amazing guys it's amazing and you can control like not just like the different photography aspects right like you can uh change your exposure and 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 and, you know you have two different you have depth of field and focal length like like adjustments that you can make and it's it's a very very good photo mode but like not only that like you can adjust the environment at will like oh you don't want it to be you don't want it to be foggy where you are yeah just change the type of day and the weather so you can change the type of day to show shadows in different locations and then you can change the weather and you can have like birds and crows and different type of like it's amazing it's beautiful it's beautiful um now let's talk about how the game plays right uh again it's getting a lot of assassin's creed comparisons Mm -hmm. uh and i can kind of see that like if it's assassin's creed but good right like part of the reason you don't need a lock-on is because the combat feels uh feels great and it feels responsive there has i i never feel like i have been uh cheated out of a I, I don't think i i never feel like the game has cheated me and killed me in a way that it isn't supposed to except when the camera is when i don't move the camera in the situation that i i needed to be in you know you have archers and stuff and they shoot from off screen but they give you an audible cue when they're about to shoot so it's not like like that first Ninja Gaiden game where people would just throw like ninja stars or whatever yeah. at you. Right. right. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck you. Like there's an audio cue to, to, to denote when you need to, when you need to block or when you need to dodge. And, you know, it, combat takes a minute. Cause like I said, like there's a lot of things that you're doing at one particular time and, you know, different stances, there are four different types of enemies sword enemies shield enemies spear enemies and heavies and you have you can unlock different stances to be effective against each of them and it's when you get it you, when when everything clicks you feel like a badass right because it's not like and not like a badass like i'm just going to you know level up and stomp on my enemies right like it's not that kind of brute force badass it's this game is about like parrying and dodging and ref- and deflection and and waiting for the right opportunity to strike. That's what makes you feel like a badass. That's why you don't need a lock-on because the blocking slash parry mechanic is very forgiving, right? Like somebody is attacking you from behind, you hit the block button at the right time, Jin will automatically turn to block that person. It's It's beautiful, man. And then you get perfect parries, which... You know, uh, uh, leave them staggered for a bit. They have this mechanic. With, so, okay, so there's two different ways that you can play this game. You're generally not locked into uh, one or two ways. Maybe some story missions, you're locked into playing stealthily. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, anything you want to do in the game, you can play either stealth, you could take the stealth approach, or you can take it straight up like, I ain't no bitch, fuck you, let's go. Right? And they have a standoff mechanic where if you see somebody and they don't and, and, and if you see somebody you can press a button and you can just be like hey like you can you can act like an entitled white man on the internet hey debate me fight me <laughs> right and you you have this little mini game where you hold a button and right before a person attacks you let go of the button and some people will try to juke you to make you let go of the button before you're supposed to and if you do you lose that battle but if you time it right you could slash through people and you could slash up to like three to five people in one go and it's fun dude um the stealth stuff is pretty much like standard stealth stuff mm-hmm. right you get uh things to stun your enemies you get smoke bombs and you hide through the shadows and all that but this is the first time where i played a stealth game where i don't like playing the stealth like it's more fun to just go straight up and just you know come at people now the problem is you know you you could very easily get swarmed but the game doesn't limit you to one different type of of uh, style which is which is great this game this game is for me man like I love open world games it's, it's, I love I, I I'm a borderline culture vulture when it comes to like <laughs> Japanese stuff, I'm not quite there, right? Like, I don't have any kanji tattoos and shit. I don't have like I don't I don't have a Japanese name or whatever. I just appreciate it. But yeah, uh, you know, I'm not. I don't have Jenko jeans, and I'm not running around with my arms uh, at my sides and shit. <laughs> right? you're, like, you're
1: not. You're not fucking wearing your Naruto headband on the light exa- rail. <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not that bad. But I can appreciate that stuff. You're man. like
1: adjacent. You're. Yeah. You're not. You're not. You're not the guy who's openly saying, "Here comes my Wakazashi slam," but you're thinking it,
2: <laughs> right? Right? Like I, you know, I don't call my wife a waifu, but you know, I, I know what that is. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, this. You, is... sure you never called your wife
0: a waifu before. She wouldn't know no, what I that means. <laughs>
2: like, Just call me. <laughs> I called her my partner in life on a podcast once. She was like, uh, no, I'm your wife. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this game is for me, man. This is, uh, you know, I, I hate to speak in, in hyperbole, uh, but this is my game of the year, man. And, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. So, come December, th- th-
0: this, is, this is going to be it. Spoiler alert. You haven't even played Cyberpunk yet.
1: No oh, one's yeah. played Cyberpunk, yet. right?
0: Correct, but we just kind of assume that it's going to be good based on track record of the studio that's creating it. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. This is my game of this is my game of the first half of the
0: year. There you go. That, that's that's fair. Game game of the year so far. There you. You go. can say. You can say. um I mean, plus you haven't played Avengers yet either, so you know, you got that, <laughs> <laughs> you got that going for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Mike has died. That's no, absolutely is. not. I that's, why, that's, why I said, that's why I said it. I'm really
1: interested in fucking Avengers is because Kamala Khan is, like, the main character. I hope that game's decent, but...
2: No, Brad's being a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: getting, Anyone else? Getting, getting, getting him might like get a choke on his crystal light was re- basically <laughs> my only objective <laughs> there. Um, I decided not to play Ghost of because I because once I read some of the reviews and listened to your review, it does feel like... I would play it, and then I'm gonna play it again in November or whenever I get around to playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, mm. kind of deal. Yeah. And I just can't, I can't stack it like that. And I'm, I like the Nordic theme better than the, than the Samurai theme. So I
2: 100% understand.
0: So, uh, uh besides Ghost of Tsushima, in the past couple of weeks, uh, we've gotten a new Paper Mario game, The Origami King, coming out on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> CD- you gotta watch when you're putting the cup up to your lips this this entire episode. I did. I can't. I can't imagine you could not see gotta, that coming. I gotta
2: drink when uh, I gotta drink when Carrie's
0: talking. <laughs> uh, Rock wow. of Ages three make or break uh, comes to all consoles, PC, and Stadia. Carrie, that's cute that you that you specified Stadia. I did. <laughs> <In the laughs> that was a joke, mostly. Yes. Uh, Crisis Remastered comes to the Nintendo Switch uh, Dying Light Hellraid. yes they're still making Dying Light 1 content uh, comes to PS4, Xbox One and PC uh, Creeks comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC and then Panzer Paladin comes to Switch and PC
2: uh, go to uh, youtube.com slash uh, like and subscribe Uh, you can see uh, Brad's lovely wife, uh, (laughs) M, uh, come in. And that's right, M. He's such a big James Bond fan that he (laughs) married someone named M. Um, You can see uh, all of our beautiful faces. You can see uh, Brad and his slick back mobster uh, lumberjack look. Uh, You can see Carrie in her uh, D&D dungeon uh, with two monitors in the background, that there's actually like, three. Uh, well, three monitors. The two look like like uh, uh, anime eyes, like people who have glasses and anime. <laughs> That's
1: fair. <laughs> <laughs> They're on white screens, so like it's so bright when compared to everything else, you would not be able to see anything on those screens. But yeah, this is this is my husband's triple monitor setup. I actually have a double monitor setup. If you can see, so I will show you. There you go. Two monitors.
2: Carrie's one of those weirdos that has a vertical monitor.
1: I literally only have a vertical monitor because to, to, it's to the to only, watch only way stocks. the second one would fit on my desk.
0: No, it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 to keep an eye on your stocks throughout the day. I, I know, what's yes, there. So
1: absolutely, it is to keep an eye on my stocks. <laughs> you can also see and, my uh, my new my new tattoo. Well, there you on, go on YouTube and all sorts of good shit.
2: There you go. Go to uh, and you can see my washed out face as I try to figure out how I can color correct myself. You're Micah never going to be problem. able to
1: color correct with the white door in the background, dude.
2: No. More importantly,
1: no. you can see the pile of action figures in Micah's. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. You can see my office. Avengers versus uh, my my comic Avengers versus MCU Avengers. You can see. The cosmic stuff, got Fantastic Four up there, got, got Angela.
1: Spiderman's uh, behind you. And
2: then I got a bunch of uh Spider Man stuff. Uh back there. I gotta start taking more pictures of Spider Man stuff.
1: I actually I, I pre ordered my first comic action figure in a fucking minute. Um that that Rebel Tech cable that they debuted. As soon as that went up for pre-order, oh, yeah, I was just yeah, like, yeah. "Here you go, here's my money, thanks."
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought about you when I saw it. I was yeah. like, "Yo, it's a is... that's a
1: good looking figure." <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> that's
2: a damn good looking action figure. Yeah. So yes, that's go to, to uh, YouTube.com. Go to YouTube.com/slash/dancepixels and uh, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're in the subscribing mood, just subscribe <laughs> to all of uh, the TMP podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, including their poc- the Nerd Black on Black Cinema. Uh, we're gonna do. We, we did a movie called Bucktown. Uh, we were supposed to do a movie that was a little lighthearted, and it turns out Bucktown kind of had a lot of a lot of uh, parallels to today. Uh, Weird. So uh, we'll pick another movie that's uh, ridiculous. Uh, Coming Distractions uh, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. Uh, go to deadspixels.com slash premium for $5 a month for $50 a year. You get access to the premium content of podcast content, including the airing of grievances, which uh, I promise we will get a new episode up uh, very soon. Uh, no time to bleed. The men with the golden tongues. I promise we will get a new episode. We got, we got what we're talking about picked. We just gotta, gotta. We're we're gonna nail it down. We'll, I guarantee you, we'll get that done before airing. With <laughs> Brad and I care. Uh, upstage conversation. I I um,
1: will also have a new episode at some point. Um,
2: there, there you go. Uh,
1: I think the the original plan was to get. Terrence on board finally, but
2: Terrence, Terrence is, uh, Terrence Terrence
1: is on vacation. A, yeah, Terrence is on vacation, um, probably specifically to avoid having to watch the Wiz, which is <laughs> fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so I think instead, Andy and I are going to watch the producers.
0: So excellent. Yeah, and, and
2: uh, you get the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast now. Look, uh,
0: one hundred and sixty minutes this week. Yeah, for the was, full I episode of Look Forward,
2: I looked at it and I'm like, "Yo, what in the world?" <laughs> so you can hear Brad and Jay talk uh, talk politics. And Brad, you're getting very, very good <laughs> at timing when you cross the Rubicon, right? Like, like I know you have a counter there, mm-hmm. but you know he's got to add the the things in the in the front and all that. Yeah, Brad said. This is the point on the show where Brad's going to talk shit on libertarians. And it was literally at 60 minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> well done.
0: And then it went on so well like done. a 20-minute rant.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I... This is some of the comedy that you'll, you'll, you'll get on there. Uh, Brad was saying something to the effect of, you know, I guess the whole don't tread on me thing doesn't really apply. When you know it's not, and then Jay stopped him and said, No, 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 Brad, I'm going to have to check your reading comprehension. (laughs) It's don't tread on me, don't tread on me, meaning, Look, I don't care if you tread on other people, (laughs) just don't tread on me. So, yes, uh, the full episode of Look for Political Podcast is available at slash pre.
0: So, I am. You know, known for taking people's pie in the sky, uh, outlandish theories, and pouring large buckets of cold water all over them. I don't like but to let people have any a fun. Of gasoline. I have a huge bucket of gasoline to dump to dump on this fire. I believe, I believe that the Mass Effect Remaster trilogy is real, and it's finally going to be happening. And the reason that I believe it is because on DensePixels.com slash Amazon, a new book has popped up for pre-order. And it has a release date, February 23rd, 2021. And it is for the art of the Mass Effect Trilogy Expanded Edition. Now, it's an art book. And I know what you're thinking... It's an art book, Brad. It's not a video game. It's not a Mass Effect pre-order announcement. But why? Why would they be advertising and putting up pre-orders for this art book for the Mass Effect trilogy so long after the Mass Effect trilogy has been retired? By the time this book comes out, it will have been nearly nine years since the last game in the Mass Effect trilogy release. Not counting Mass Effect Andromeda, of course. So it just seems odd that the art book would pop up because typically art books don't just appear for video game related content unless it's a tie in product for a video game, game, right? For a video game that's coming out. Therefore, we can only surmise that the Mass Effect trilogy remaster is probably going to release round about the same time as this art book.
1: I can't really argue with you because you're right. That's that's usually when art books release, you know, and unless it is like a large franchise art book, mm-hmm. like the various uh, Legend of Zelda books that uh, Dark Horse has put out, which are fabulous, by the way. Um, yeah, I uh, I I am inclined to agree with you. That that the the long rumored remastered trilogy will probably coming next year sometime.
2: Do you think? Uh, do you think they're remastering it for? I mean, they have to be remastering it for the next gen consoles, right?
0: I think it'll be compatible on the systems. I don't know if it's being remastered specifically for those systems. Um, I wouldn't expect much in the way of tremendous visual improvement playing it on the new consoles it'd be cool if you could maybe get it at like 60 fps if you play it on next generation consoles that'd be pretty dope
2: I mean that's the, that's the, like cuz in in this in this world that we live in now where mm-hmm. you know we have remasters and we have like remakes like part of me wants to believe that a remake is coming, mm-hmm. and even if the even if the remake is just like retooling Mass Effect One with, I mean, I prefer Mass Effect 2's gameplay over Mass Effect Three, but um, there's the way it plays. But but even if it's just a, a, an overhaul of Mass Effect One, so that they all like like Uncharted, where all of them play the same, mm-hmm. just the story. I mean, I'm fine with that. So I'm, I'm more than fine with that.
0: So like I said, we'll have to see. Uh, if it does come out around late winter, early spring, I'm glad that they're waiting until after, you know, a lot of the big games that are coming out uh, have released so that it, I don't have to, you know, feel bad about not playing those instead of playing, you know, this old, <laughs> this old game franchise that I played already. Uh, but like I said, the strongest evidence yet, uh, in my opinion, that it is coming. Uh, Rocket League... Uh, is going free-to-play. It's getting an update later this summer uh, that will give it a free-to-play uh, component. It's also leaving Steam and going exclusively to the Epic Game Store. Now, it just says here uh, that the game will no longer to be able to be downloaded uh, on Steam. I don't know if that means that existing Steam players won't be able to continue to play on Steam. I would think that they would be able to. Um, it's just that if you don't have it downloaded by the time this update comes out um, that you won't be able to get it at that point. Yeah. So uh, Rock League's been around for many years. Uh, it is
1: it just past its five year anniversary. Yeah. Um, it only ever sold for 20 bucks. I think yep. 20 or 30 at most.
0: We're free. Um, if you, if you got it when it first came out on PlayStation.
1: Yeah. Cause so. it was a
0: PlayStation plus uh, exclusive. Um, this has been long rumored for, for quite some time. Uh, frankly, I'm a little surprised that it even took this long to get to the point where it was free to play. Um, not much else to say about Rocket League. It's Rocket League. Um, it's interesting they're moving away from Steam uh, and, and going That's to the Epic Store. It's a huge
1: game to move away from yeah. Steam uh, given, given its continued popularity. So,
0: so uh, a, a small story that kind of flew into the radar and I'm not sure what it means exactly. Uh, Microsoft has stopped selling uh, 12-month Xbox Live Gold memberships. Uh, you can still purchase the three- and six-month variants, uh, but the 12-month version, uh, which normally would cost 59.99, dollars uh, has disappeared. Uh, they, and Microsoft has said that uh, they are not going to be uh, offering anymore without really any additional reason given. Um, so that's interesting. They also, uh, but they did confirm that it was not an accident. Like it was not an error, um, that they did. This was a conscious decision. Uh, they also announced that the Xbox one X and the Xbox sad, uh, all digital edition, uh, has stopped manufactured or being manufactured. Uh, so the only Xbox one console, uh, that is still being manufactured and sold from Microsoft, uh, is the Xbox one S uh, the normal Xbox console. So the One X is dead. Uh, long live the Series X, I suppose.
2: Yeah, um, I, I'm curious about uh, the 12-month subscription thing not happening. Like, Do you think this is them slowly phasing? Because so, when you subscribe to Game Pass, mm-hmm. they kind of... Uh, especially when you... Uh, I, when I did Game Pass, I did the the super duper deluxe one right the one one that gives you gold
0: yes the the game pass ultimate is what it's called
2: right and they that was your gold subscription and as soon as that went out you lost gold Mm -hmm. right so do you think that this is them slowly kind of phasing out gold and then you have to have an Xbox Live or, uh, an Xbox, whatever, whatever fucking pass. Game Pass. I
0: I, 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 could see. So I could definitely see them wanting to nudge people in that direction. So here, here's, here's how it breaks down for those that are not familiar. So a three month subscription is twenty five dollars. A six month subscription is forty, and a twelve month subscription, this is for gold by itself, uh, is sixty, which breaks down to five dollars a month. Now, if you get Game Pass Ultimate. That is a monthly subscription, no matter how you slice it, and it's fifteen dollars a month for Game Pass Ultimate. Game Pass by itself is ten dollars a month. So if you take the ten dollars a month you pay for Game Pass, and then add five dollars a month for Gold, that is essentially like you're, if if you are cool with Game Pass, you're essentially paying the same monthly rate for Gold that you would be if you bought the one year. Xbox Live Gold subscription by itself. So I I I think you're on to something in that they're trying to definitely nudge people uh towards Game Pass because they say, hey, if you get the Game Pass too, you get a better value for gold. Now now it's the now it's the best value for Xbox Live Gold if you get Game Pass Ultimate. The 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 add-on though is that you have to get Game Pass. And then and really, like the thing about Game Pass is is while it's not as useful for for folks like us it is useful if you're like a microsoft if you're an xbox fan because the way you can break down the cost is if you were going to buy two xbox exclusives in a year it's assuming they've released two xbox exclusives in a year but if you were going to buy two xbox exclusives in a one-year period at launch that's the price of your game pass subscription right there like just in those two games by itself so, again, the value's there. Um, I think it definitely benefits you more if Xbox is your primary console, though. I don't think, I don't think it works as well if, if you're someone that only plays the Xbox um, for the few exclusives that they have currently.
2: Uh, I'd just like to say that um, Scott Steiner could not have broken that math down any better.
0: Very good job. Ah. <laughs> um, Capcom uh, put out Or they had a or they had a shareholder meeting. This is very interesting, very interesting um, news in my eyes. So, Capcom said during the shareholders meeting, and this was reported by GameIndustry.biz, eighty percent, eighty percent. So, four out of every five games that they've sold have been sold digitally, which I find to be very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild.
0: Now, um, I think...
1: I, I have to wonder if they are considering Iceborne as its own unique standalone game.
0: Well, they can because they did sell, they did sell it a, a a physical copy of that. But I so. have to
1: imagine that given that Monster Hunter World is Capcom's single best-selling game of all time and virtually every single person who's played Monster Hunter World um, fucking got Iceborne, uh, that's many millions of almost entirely digital copies. Mm -hmm. Um, So that probably drove that ratio up significantly.
0: Um, I think also with Capcom in particular, and uh, so so, like there's a couple companies I would not be surprised um, to see this kind of split in the favor of Capcom's one of them. Um, THQ Nordic probably wouldn't shock me. EA's is probably closer to 50-50 just because of FIFA, but mm-hmm. if you take FIFA out of the equation, it wouldn't shock me if theirs was also slanted more toward, you know, heavily toward digital. And I think that any company that runs very aggressive pricing um, on their games is going to see this. Like one of the reasons that Capcom probably has this split is because Capcom is not shy about discounting their games after launch, like typically, you know, four to six months after a brand new Capcom game comes out, at sixty dollars. It's going to get lowered to forty dollars straight away. Um, Ubisoft, same boat. Ubisoft is very similar in that fashion, in that they are very aggressive. I mean, Ubisoft doesn't even wait four months sometimes. Like usually, like Assassin's Creed will come they're out and like, in like t- came out
1: six weeks ago. <laughs> <Right. It's
2: half
0: laughs> off. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, literally, you, you will see Assassin's Creed come out. In October or November, and then like around Christmas time, it's like $40 or $30. Like it's like like hey, they don't spend fuck your around.
1: Gift card on our game,
0: thanks. Right, they don't fuck around. So, and I think as you see companies more willing to take, you know, bigger losses up front, um, I think you'll see the shift continue more and more. And again, with this new, with the PS5 coming out and having a version. You know, we still don't know what the, the the price discrepancy is going to be, but having an all digital version is only going to to help that as well. I just thought the eighty percent number was astonishing, quite frankly, um, given you know Capcom's one of the bigger publishers that are around. Yep, uh, Metacritic has decided to implement a new policy. Uh, they have delayed the ability to for users to review games until 36 hours after the game has released. Um, According to Metacritic, that this was not made because a change was not made because of any one game, uh, but based on, quote, data-driven research and with the input of critics and industry experts, a.k.a. game companies and publishers were probably leaning on them pretty hard. Uh, to <laughs> to stop having their games get bombed as soon as uh or even before release I or mean, as soon like as the release happens. The practice of,
1: re- of review bombing is so fucking childish. Like you've got these absolute man babies on the internet who are blasting a game as soon as they are able to, because one of the developers did something they didn't like, or because there's a woman in it, and. Uh, I mean, we saw it with Last of Us Part Two. Um, we've we've seen this happen with with movies, and of course, it has also happened in games. So for Metacritic to be like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta actually play the game before you can review it," um, it makes sense. Like, review copies get sent out to media people and industry folks ahead of time, so when they are submitting reviews for publication. They have probably played and finished the game, some asshole who is just mad about a a woman in his video game um probably hasn't bought the game, much less played it, so why should he get to have his voice heard? They won,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh she has bigger muscles than me is not a critique
0: of the video. (laughs) I I don't know how they do it. I do wish that uh I do wish Metacritic for User Reviews could find a way to make sure that only people that have played the game could submit a review. Again, I don't know how you can police that. It's not like Amazon who is the one selling you the things they can identify or or any other e commerce site so that they can identify that you're a verified purchaser. But yeah, be nice. But what are you going to do? At least said, Metacritic is literally just rotten tomatoes for, for a video game. So it deals with a lot of the same trials and tribulations. Uh, Spider-Man miles Morales will apparently have a performance mode on the PlayStation five. That'll make the game playable, uh, in 4k 60 FPS. Uh, however, it is not clear if, uh, you'll have to sacrifice other PS five features in order to enable that mode, such as real time ray tracing and other, uh, rendering effects so just a bit of a thing there a lot of folks were concerned because uh it seems like that not every next gen game is going to be developed with those uh targets in mind um so it'll be interesting i think to see uh what has to be given up in order to to achieve that uh even on next generation consoles as well
2: we're all all frame rate over graphics people right
0: yes Okay, I just wanted
2: to make sure that we're not, like,
0: lunatics. No. (laughs) That being
1: said, I'm still story and characters over either of those, so...
0: Well, you just talking about hardware side of things, yeah. Hardware, I mean, whatever. uh,
1: Do it, run? Okay, cool, thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In this week's edition of You Can Ignore Politics in Video Games, EA has announced Madden 21 will replace the former... Uh, logo and name of the Washington professional football team uh, with a generic Washington team name until they're able to, uh, until the Washington professional football team is able to lift the copyright from the Virginia resident who bought all the copyrights for <laughs> for any name that they possibly would have chosen. Yeah, some fucking uh, real estate agent to. in
1: Fairfax was like, yo, let me quickly copyright every possible name that people think might even remotely happen." This fucking trademark scalping.
0: And look, look, like I said, you normally what? it's what Dan Snyder
1: deserves.
0: It is what Dan Snyder deserves. I have no Fuck problem Dan with Snyder. people who 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 squat on trademarks. I really don't. It is it is the it is one of the few ways that uh, that the everyman has a way to combat uh, capitalism <laughs> and, and and get theirs. So, like I said, if you want to squat on trademarks and hit the jackpot if if they happen to want to use the thing that you have a uh, that you have a claim on. More power to you. Like I said, Mm -hmm. they've got the money. They've got the money if they really need to shake it loose. Yeah. So, um, but yes, apparently uh, you will see. So, Madden 21 will require a title update uh, that even if you buy a physical version of the game, you have to connect online. And that update will wipe out uh, any Redskins... Infra- references, logos, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll
1: wipe most of them.
0: Correct. Um, these, yeah, there, there's some things they notes can't.
1: That stuff like audio and commentary, stadium art, crowd gear, motion graphics, and uniforms are among the first places where players will see adjustments to the DC team. However, players may continue to see some outdated Washington references in other areas of the game at launch. However, the company is committed to removing all of these from the game, and additional title updates coming shortly after launch. Um, so
2: they're gonna get like Joe Buck or whoever does the commentary for these games. I don't know who those. does the commentary for uh, Madden. Ryan I could. Gary Madden? Thorne?
0: No, it's I know God, he does Lord. No, fucking it's not any NHL, Gary Right? Thorne. No, he doesn't do it anymore for NHL. He, no, he, he did back in the day. I think Kevin Harlan does the does the play by play. I don't know who the color guy is. I really thought you were
2: I really thought you were about to say Kevin Hart.
0: No, not Kevin Hart <laughs> <laughs> or, or it might be not Kevin Harlan. Um, what's that dude's name? Kevin Burkhart. that's I think that's who: uh... Uh,
1: At least last year it was Brandon Gowden and Charles Davis. Oh,
0: I know who Charles Davis is. I don't know who the other guy is by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Uh, I, I I like to imagine that all they had to do was go to the game files and like you know hit like Control F to find and replace Redskins right. with nothing. <laughs> just, to, uh, just Brandon it. is one
1: of these fucking Fox Sports one guys. Well, so is Tra- so is
0: Charles Davis. That's not surprising.
1: Well, it's interesting because he's mostly like a college football guy. Looks mm-hmm.
0: like, um,
1: but I guess I guess that makes him cheaper to hire. Yeah, but see, so, I guess I guess
0: EA doesn't feel like paying the uh like the Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth premium. Yeah, anymore <laughs>
2: no. Like, no, I'm, on the, I'm on the outskirts of sports I' but I I know names I've never heard of these people
0: like I said Charles Davis is a former player and he's on he was on NFL network I think he moved to Fox if I'm not mistaken <laughs> um so I know who he is but I definitely do not know the other guy
2: there are two people that I know on Fox there there there's uh Shannon sharp and skip and and whichever <laughs> And whichever lady they have on hand to sit in between them that day. I think it's like a rotating group of women who come in. Every time I see them, there's a different lady in the middle. So it's is those three are the only people that I know on Fox. And that and that uh, and that black dude who gets on my nerves.
0: It uh it must be good for Skip Bayless to not want to have like I, I think he's happy that he's with Shannon Sharp now, because I have to imagine that he just wanted to, like, punch Stephen A. Smith all the time. Because Stephen <laughs> A. Smith is obnoxious. Like, like, Shannon Sharp is opinionated, but he does it in a way that... Because Shannon Sharp is a really affable dude. Like, Stephen yeah. A. Smith is annoying. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's annoying as hell. Um, finally, uh, Bungie has delayed uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, uh, the new expansion that's coming out, to November 10th. Everything's just coming out in November. Now. <laughs> Everything. Cyberpunk, this Destiny expansion, Assassin's Creed, um, everything's coming out in November. It's going to be crazy. Uh, of course, ah. they blame COVID. Uh, everyone at Bungie's working from home right now, so I guess there's just been a little a bit of a slowdown. Yeah,
2: you know what I'm about to, to ask you, Brad. Yeah, what you gonna do, brother?
0: Well, I, I I told you already. So I I really haven't played Destiny. Um, in a while like i've taken a pretty extended hiatus what, like a week no it's been like 6 months <laughs> okay it's been, it's been it's been it's been a long time um cuz the seasonal content just wasn't it wasn't keep me around long enough so i I've, I've taken a bit of a break i was looking forward to this new expansion uh coming out but again cyberpunk trumps all like cyberpunk is going is going to be what i go with upon release uh and then we'll see where i'm at uh maybe after playing this a vast open world game like Cyberpunk, I will want to uh, take a break from that genre and maybe hold off on Assassin's Creed uh, and maybe I will, uh, will go back to Destiny at that point. We'll see. The new expansion looks very cool, but we'll have to wait an extra two months to get it.
2: You don't have to, well, you, you have to wait two days when you buy things from com slash Amazon. When you do that, Uh, you help the show out, um, and, you know, you don't pay anything extra. Go to www.dentspixels.com slash Amazon and uh, pre-order the Art of Mass Effect Trilogy Expanded Edition. I'm looking at my regular edition, and I'm curious as to what the Expanded Edition is, what it's got in it. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon and find out for myself.
0: There you go. Uh, I'd also recommend if you're going to be buying Mass Effect themed things on uh, densepixels.com slash Amazon, may I recommend the excellent Mass Effect Omnibus, which has four of the best Mass Effect trades uh, that are out there that you can get. It's pretty good. and I'd highly recommend it. Uh, especially if you enjoy the story of the original trilogy, because it's got a lot of like in between stuff about like the elusive man and how Liara became uh, or, or got involved with like the Shadow Broker and things of that nature. So very cool. Um, let's get the good Ubisoft story out of the way first.
1: There is a second Ubisoft story.
0: There is. It's pretty bad. Um, la- a couple weeks ago, Ubisoft had its what would have been its E3 event called Ubisoft Forward. Uh, of note they did not mention the recent turmoil that the company's been going through firing executives for harassment and things of that nature because they alleged that the content had been pre-recorded uh why they couldn't put a disclaimer up front
1: it would have taken like no time at all for them to be like hey we're working on
0: it i feel like it would've been better than nothing yeah so i feel <laughs> like it would've been better than nothing um so yeah so so the there's a lot of stuff that they announced um they announced that AI teammates are coming back in Ghost Recon. Well, not coming back in Ghost Recon Breakpoint, but coming back in Ghost Recon in Breakpoint. Uh, I don't know why the game didn't launch with AI teammates, but fine. Um, we got an extended look at Watchdogs Legion, uh, which has a little bit more uh, information about how the story is going to go. Um, a few more things about the different types of people that you can play as in the game and, and things of that nature. This game looks very cool. Uh, It is coming out October 29th, and I feel like it's going to get lost in the sea of major releases that are coming out the following month. Yeah. Including from Ubisoft. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a game called Hyperscape that I believe is available now in beta on PC that they announced. Uh, It is Ubisoft's entry into the battle royale genre uh, because, of course, everybody has to get involved. We're not. Uh, This one has a very kind of like Ready Player One esque sort of vibe to it in terms of how the story is laid out and things of that nature. Um, and then we got to see uh, gameplay from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, like actual gameplay and not the gameplay that they allege they were showing rendered us. Rendered in and <laughs> right Right, for the first time they showed the game off. Uh, this game looks really fucking good. Um, yeah, I can't wait to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It looks look You excellent. can
1: fucking punch a wolf. Who wouldn't want to punch yeah. a wolf?
0: And apparently what's interesting is they announced after the fact that you can switch on the fly between the male and female versions of the protagonist, and that actually relates to the story of the character in the game as you find out more about the character that you play as uh, as the game goes along. Again, I got very, very much uh, Odyssey vibes from the game in a lot of ways, um, and that's just fine because Assassin's Creed Odyssey... Uh, was excellent. And then finally, uh, in news that got leaked before the presentation, uh, they showed off the, the debut trailer, uh, which seems like it was pretty much like the game's opening, uh, for Far Cry 6, which is coming out in February 2021. Uh, it is starring Giancarlo Esposito uh, of Breaking Bad fame, among many other uh, acting credits to his name. And uh, he looks to be playing uh, the, uh, like the dictator of some like, banana republic. He's the villain. Yeah, he's, he's the mega villain, for sure. Um, and he's trying to groom his son uh, to take over for him. Uh, the thing about Far Cry games and Far Cry 6 uh, looks no different. The, the premise and the way that they introduce the games is always amazing. And then when the game comes out, the game is merely fine you nailed
2: it. <laughs> you nailed it every single time. And um, so it, you know, they they kind of use these like very charismatic villains as like a crutch and it worked for 3 and they were like, "Oh, let's do it in 4." And it for me it didn't
0: really work. Like it didn't yeah. for a lot of people, honestly. 4 4 was kind of the forgotten the forgotten game in the most recent run.
2: And then, you know, on their off years, they have like the Far Cry Primal or whatever, uh, and then they had Far Cry Five, and I played it, I finished it, but it wasn't. It, they you know they tried to do this like cult leader thing, right? Like the they tried to do this like messiah character in in the mountains or whatever, and it 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 was okay, but it was Far Cry. Mm-hmm. and far cry whenever i whenever I get a far cry game i i immediately like it's a game that I can like listen to a podcast while playing mm-hmm. right like it you say that every they, people say that people are on like spectrums like i i when I feel when I play that game it kind of hits me in like a, a sweet spot where i where I'm calm and just kind of but I'm just kind of doing the same thing over and over again and you know, so they have to rely on these compelling villains. Um, I hope that you know they 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 have Giancarlo Esposito. I hope that he is used throughout the game um, to kind of keep me on the hook, because you get kind of tired of playing a Far Cry game.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it, Far Cry Five! I I remember it the, it's the Far Cry Five is the first Far Cry that I ever played, and I played that game for, like, three hours, and I was bored. I was like, this yep. is all it is. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, it's just this. Yep,
2: that's it, man. And, you know, this will be... I have a feeling that this will be no different. Uh, so I'm hoping that... Like, I'm hoping that, like, you see the sun, and you see the sun, like, on the box art and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, how awesome would it be to play the sun, right? To... To kind of play but not play both sides against the middle but to secretly be working to undermine your father like i I don't know you got to do something because they're not going to change the gameplay in this game Mm -hmm. and i don't know like it's cool that that they got this like really accomplished actor to be in this but it's so ubisoft you know what (laughs) i mean like It's so, hey, let's hire this guy. Let's hire this guy who's cool, and then maybe some of his coolness will rub off on us. (laughs) (laughs) They do it with all their presentations, and they do it with, like, it just doesn't, I can't get excited for it yet. I feel you. Now, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, while I am not a huge fan of, like, the Nordic, like, theme, that does look fun and that was the thing that i took away from more so than watchdogs mm-hmm. and you know watchdogs look fine but i i don't know there's something about uh i'm, I'm very curious about the narrative you know how the narrative's going to work with just me picking like random people like i like to play a character when i'm Playing these type of games, so
0: apparently you can find John Wick and Watchdogs though, and plays <laughs> plays John Wick if you want to. <laughs> I mean, it's cool that they had something that's such an explicit homage that is able to be done in the game, but uh, still pretty hilarious.
2: Yeah, so
0: we'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So uh, let's get to the 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 much worse Ubisoft news. Um, I'm actually gonna. Let Carrie run with this one. Before you do, I just want to point out that this uh, this story, this bombshell story about Ubisoft's misconduct uh, is coming to us from Bloomberg. And you say, Bloomberg, the financial newspaper? And then look at the byline. And then, re- <laughs> and then, boy. And then realize Jason Schreier Jason is coming back on the scene. I, I like, As soon as I saw Bloomberg and this story, yeah, before I even clicked on the articles, yeah, I must be Schreier. It's got to be, sure enough. God, I forgot
2: that Bloomberg.
1: He- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, before I get into the Bloomberg story specifically, um, uh, first week of the month, um, at least the Kotaku story, um, basically Ubisoft Toronto, employees there were express- expressing some... Pretty serious concerns about sexual misconduct allegations um basically it goes something like this uh maxime belland one of its co-founders and until the previous week a 20-year veteran of ubisoft allegedly choked a female employee at a work party some heard it as a bizarre one-off others shared it as a warning to women at the studio to be wary of him Uh, many employees expressed that this was just a pattern of behavior Uh, All these accounts started coming out about um, Ubisoft executives who had literally, you know, been with the company for decades at this point. Right. Um, So and then uh, three high profile figures at Ubisoft, um, the chief creative officer, I guess, Serge Haskellet is how you pronounce that mm-hmm. all these motherfucking French
0: I, th- I, th- I think it's Hasco A yeah I'm pretty um, sure there, there, there are some umlauts over the uh, the, <laughs> over the, 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 e. the
1: global head of human resources Cecile Cornette and uh, the head of Ubisoft Canada Yanis Malat um, departed the company in the wake of these uh, widespread allegations of sexual misconduct and then Jason Trier over at Bloomberg he has his story Um, so basically since that, since those stories began to break, Shire basically kicked into action and was like, time for me to uncover the real dirt. Um, so he talked to more than 40 current and former Ubisoft employees about the abuse allegations, um, and basically their combined accounts make one thing pretty expressly clear, which is that Ubisoft knew about these problems basically the whole time and opted just not to do anything about it, um. So, um, yeah, these dudes just suck wholesale ass. Um, (laughs) Some of the choice highlights, um, uh, there were allegations that Haskway behaved inappropriately around women, uh, extended into the office as well, in addition to just being, you know, sort of out and about at work parties and whatnot. Uh, In a meeting at Ubisoft's headquarters in Paris, one of the top creative leads on a big game was presenting to Haskaway and other decision makers at the company. When the lead, a woman, left a room to use the bathroom, Haskaway pulled up a YouTube video, according to two people present at the meeting. He played a French song describing sexually explicit acts with a woman who has the same name as the presenter. He hit pause when the employee began to walk back into the room. Uh, As was common in high-level meetings at Ubisoft, there were no other women present. Uh, Current and former employees say Hascois enabled bad behavior by fashioning the editorial quarters into a sort of frat house like the one in Animal House. People who worked in the department described pornographic videos on on computers, boozy lunches, and a chorus of inappropriate jokes. Five workers say they reported Francois to HR at various points over the past decade, some of them multiple times for incidents including sexual propositions and genital grabbing. One former Ubisoft employee say they wrote an email to the CEO some years ago about problems with Francois no, not long after Francois was promoted. Uh, this is Tommy Francois that they are referring to, a 13-year veteran at Ubisoft who apparently openly flirted with subordinates, made homophobic jokes, and performed unwanted massages, say some 10 people who either directly witnessed or were the subjects of these alleged abuses. Uh, Newcomers to the company were told it was just Tommy being Tommy. Uh, A woman who worked at headquarters say she faced repeated sexual harassment there. Uh, Colleagues sent her sexually sexually explicit messages, including pornographic videos, Francois, who was several levels above her on the organizational chart, asked her out four or five times. She refused each invitation. Uh, she has this, this woman who asked not to be identified over concerns about d- potential damage to her career says she reported all of these incidents to HR and nothing happened, and later was told she would have to move to an Ubisoft studio in a different country. She did, and says she was frequently told while in this different country, you can't be a producer, you're a woman. Less than less than a year after relocating, she quit. So, fucking long story short, if you have the ability to read the Bloomberg story, and I know many people won't because there is a paywall, but I'm, uh, I have to get a subscription
0: to my you up. So, fucking.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it's a doozy. Uh, you, there is
0: there's there's other just like generally shitty things uh, aside from the harassment stories. Like it's. Like, that culture creeped into games as well. So, like, they talk about yeah. in the article how, uh, like, you know, Ubisoft was reluctant to promote female protagonists in their games because they were worried about how it was going to affect sales. Yeah, um, so,
1: legit, the the people who worked on Assassin's Creed Odyssey just wanted Cassandra to be the main character. Right. They wanted her to be the character. They didn't want a fucking dual character system again. But uh, fucking Haskaway would not allow that to happen, saying that women don't sell. So the result is with a story that a lot of people consider a little convoluted, and the story in that game probably would have been much better if it had just been focused on Cassandra, who is ostensibly the more interesting character anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. And and again, it, it like the Schreier even calls out like the fact that they're they're ignoring reality. By saying that, like like right. the the reinvigorated Tomb Raider series sold like Gangbusters, Horizon you know sold more than ten million copies, which has you know both have exclusively female protagonists as well. And the the thing that's shitty is that the aside from these allegations, like the 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 reason that they permitted, and and by they I mean the 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 Guillemot brothers who you know are the, are the heads of the company, the reason that you know these assholes were permitted to do the get away with the kind of shit they get away with because they brought results. It's only when, you know, Ubisoft had a rough 2019 because Division Two and Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, were much rockier releases in terms of you know sales. Did they start moving his responsibilities around and make and made them more likely to want to part ways with him when a story like this mm-hmm. emerged? Um, which is someone gross. in one
1: of the replies. I, I feel like it's worth pointing out. Um, apparently, a lot of developers had routinely bizarre interactions with Haskell, a, um, who was described as eccentric. Um, apparently during presentations, he would bang his head against the table, a sign he was bored or unhappy with what he was seeing. And someone else said, I'm beginning to think that executive business management isn't the high skilled job they all make it out to be. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, uh, but Balland and Francois were among the first and the most frequently named of these, uh, high ranking folks
2: at ubisoft um shit
1: yeah, sucks is, man like this,
2: this is, is this is gross dude like i don't know how many times i i don't know how many like i'm thinking of different ways that we could describe the same shit that we keep seeing
1: right because like it, we saw this we saw this happen with what riot last year
2: mm-hmm. this, this happens with um who's that other french company uh uh David Cage's company. Oh, Quantic Green? Oh uh, yeah, it happened Quantic there. Dream. Like, and it's the same. Like, it's the same mo, right? Like, frat house, porn on the on the walls.
1: Yeah, you know, like just like shitty dude bro culture. Yo, you're at work. Yo, you're at
2: work.
0: But here, but here's the thing. It's it's th- this is kind of the. So like Jay has a theory that I'm a firm subscriber to. And that everybody should, at some point in their life, get punched in the face when they do something stupid. Because then, the next time you go to do something stupid, you'll remember what it was like to be punched in the face. And you'll say to yourself, well, I don't want to get punched in the face again. And it might make you rethink the stupid behavior that you were about to engage in. And this is the same kind of thing where you have a bunch of mostly white, almost exclusively men that have come up in, you know, this corporate structure, but it's still like an atypical corporate structure because it's still video games and things are done a little bit differently. It's a little bit more lax and, and it's not quite as structured as some other corporate environments would be. And you have enough people that just were never told no or were never slapped on the hand or were never, you know, held accountable for any dumb shit. And unfortunately, in business... Results. It, it's a results-driven industry, and if you get results, and this is true no matter what business you're in, if you get results and you get the results, honestly, like like if it's not your work that's being cheated, it's you know if you just act like a fuckhead, but you still bring the numbers, people are willing to overlook a lot of dumb shit that you do, and and the video game industry again because it is such a non-traditional, you know, corporate environment. Is, is rife with this kind of stuff. And not that you don't see this sort of thing in corporate, in you know regular corporations as well. You certainly do. But it just seems like in the video game industry, you have a lot of, like, fucking man children, a, a lot of guys who maybe came up that weren't, you know, that were slightly maladjusted, let's say, and that found success and act like fucking idiots because they don't know any other way to be, and no one's ever there to tell them, hey, maybe you should not be that way. Maybe you should stop doing that. Or maybe promote some more women in in, in higher ranking positions within your company.
1: I mean, that's part of the problem is because none of these people have ever been on the receiving end of that kind of behavior. They don't see anything wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you. A lack of diversity in the workplace, particularly at executive level positions um is something that many industries are finally starting to address a little bit but it's like you got a lot of people just fucking playing catch up at this point um and that that leads to situations like this where we see this exact issue crop up over and over and over again from company to company and it is you know as Micah said it's the exact same shit every time. It's just different people doing it, but they're all doing the same thing. Um, I don't know, man. Shit sucks like
0: Well, and, and again, this is one of those cases where just the best thing to do is to expose it and and force these companies to confront it. Right,
2: because unfortunately, like you're not gonna get people to not buy their product. Like that would be the most efficient, as you talked about on look forward, the most efficient way they the, the, about the most efficient way to affect them is to affect their bottom line. You mm-hmm. you made reference to uh, the DC football team changing their name,
0: and
1: that only happened because sponsors started yanking money,
0: and and, and and money. it happened in a matter of weeks. Yeah, like, people right. had been trying for decades to get the shit changed, and then all of a sudden, corporate sponsors come along and are like, hey, these millions of dollars that we're giving you every year, we're going to stop doing that. And then two weeks later, Dan Snyder's like, we're changing the name. Right. FedEx, <laughs> said,
2: FedEx sent out a tweet and said, change the name. And lo and behold, uh, <laughs> the Washington, D.C. football team that plays at FedEx Field decided to change their name. So... But but in this situation, that's not gonna happen, right? Like so I I don't know how to combat this other than to expose it. And what really pisses me off is that you know, go a couple of weeks ago back when back when it was when the last of us and opinions on the last of us were literally just all over the place. Some developers were Jason Squire uh tweeted out Video games are too long. And then from that one tweet, people kept jumping into his mentions. That's, that's the right terminology, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. People kept jumping into his mentions and, and they started, like, you know, chastising him. And some developers were like, look, I know you just want to sell books or, re, you know, or whatever, but like, you, like, like, like he was a
0: detriment to their industry. Well, well, because to to them he is like he's airing all the dirty laundry. He's spreading all the secrets that they'd much rather not have to deal with.
2: Right, and that's what I'm saying. You know, like, like, listen to what you are arguing about. Video game developer, like,
0: you, you, huh? It's it, it it's no different than say a hypothetical, and I'm speaking in hypotheticals, but a hypothetical head of state who's really antagonistic towards the press who holds them accountable and reports on the dumb shit that they do all the time. So he gets mad at them constantly, even the press that generally tries to make him look good all the time. But sometimes some, occasionally they've reported on a story and, and this hypothetical head of state gets really upset with them. And instead he's forced to turn to basically lunatics that aren't actual journalists or in the video game industry that would be kind of like the blogosphere – you know, things things of that nature. Fucking Gators. In order, in order to get uh, to content, hypothetically, I don't know anyone that's like that, but you know, it could exist. Oh god! Man. <laughs> but that's what they are. Like, like, like that. Like that. That's all that it is. Is that they they don't like him because he he digs up the dirt and it, like, he he is an investigative reporter. That's what he is. He's the only yeah. one in the video game industry. He's literally the only one. That's it. It's just him. He has the monopoly on investigative Um, reporting and games journalism, journalism, which is is insane to me. Like, I can't believe that. It's
1: It's a good thing he's really good at it.
0: Yeah, it is a good thing he's he's good at it. He's a damn
1: good journalist. I swear to God, man.
0: So, like I said, pay pay him as much money as you need. And for Christ's sake, get more people that actually know what the fuck they're doing in that side of the industry. Mm -hmm. Every every Mm -hmm. single major games outlet should have a Jason Schreier pay them get like it like have Please. them exposing these stories
1: like it i feel like games journalism at large feels very stagnant right now because the same people who are doing it right now are the same people who like created it in the fucking 90s um and some of these people are pretty good at their jobs some of these people are very good at their jobs and some of these a lot of these people are just sort of eh. like they're here they're reporting on games news they're they're getting the press releases. They're they're getting the advanced well,
0: copies. Well, and that's the thing. Like like with games, with the the new side. Like I said, the the review side of the industry, I feel like all, almost needs to be treated separately from the new side of the industry. I think yeah, I think
1: that's fair. I, I think it's the games like, industry. You, I part of the issue, of course, is that in games journalism, especially, um, there's such a fear of being blacklisted. Right, companies.
0: losing access, exactly. Yeah, of, that, of that losing is, the access. That, um, is, that is a big deal. Um,
1: and that's why you don't see more of it. You know, I feel like, you know, maybe this Ubisoft story would have broken a couple years ago if people had the ability to actually dig into
0: companies. Are, are you suggesting that Ubisoft would would somehow threaten to restrict access of, of their of their product from, from games outlets that, that don't cover them favorably? Like something that might possibly might have happened back in two thousand and seven, when EGM was blacklisted for because they gave Assassin's Creed one an uh, average review, not even a bad review, but an average it was, review. It
2: was like a the equivalent of a seven or something.
0: It was like. a seven. It yeah. was literally a it seven. Was
1: a seven.
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you but suggesting the, the best thing that could happen?
1: What sucks is that like. There's not, like, a regulator in the industry, like, who can fucking hold the game companies to task when they pull extremely unethical bullshit like that. Because that's what it is. It is unethical to blacklist media outlets based on them reporting facts. That is unethical. Hard stop. It is. Um, But because we don't have any sort of oversight in the industry we don't have like a fucking national gaming regulator or anything like this that's mm. like holding companies accountable to how they treat media and stuff like that um this is the kind of thing that will continue to prevent it pre- present itself um but
0: i feel i feel like that's almost why schreier had to go to bloomberg yeah, to some extent, because I—I I mean, and, and, like, I, oh, are you—are
1: you really gonna fucking revoke access to motherfucking Bloomberg? Well,
0: no, and, you're not. And and will but even if they do, who gives a shit? Like, Bloomberg's there to report the news; they're not there to review your fucking video game. Like, that's, like, that's not that's. I mean, and I and I am not. I'm not saying that, like Steve DeTillo was would have pressured Jason Schreier because I highly doubt that he would have because no. Jason Schreier got Kotaku tons of clicks. But I almost feel like that, <laughs> like like if he hung around, like that had to be bad for Kotaku long term in for access, yeah. which, which like you said is unfortunate, and 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 like you said, until they can get serious, either by it, it would either take a regulator carry or it would take the major players in the games media industry like colluding with one another. To yeah, not allow like this stuff to happen. Together. Right. But they won't because for the same reason that, you know, reporters in a hypothetical field, you know, head of state's briefing room will never collude together even though it would be in their best interest to do so. Um, but, yeah, so until that happens, games, gaming media news will just basically consist of regurgitation of press releases and that's about mm-hmm. it. So. Right. Which is why every preview feels like – It's the same. Every-
2: yeah, every preview feels like it's the same and every preview feels like the game is going to be amazing until you play the game. It, it just Yep. It's so weird, man. Get your get your opinions from from trusted sources and and whatever source it is, major source or your or your or your friends on on the podcast you're listening to, right? But just just be it's so the business now that because I'm paying more attention to it, like the actual business, it just feels
0: gross. I don't know. Uh, very quickly, Carrie, tell us about oh, the yeah. Nintendo Direct Mini.
1: Quickly as as I possibly can. Um, yeah, so Nintendo was like, "Yo, what up? We're doing a Nintendo Direct Mini in eight hours. We'll see you then." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they like posted it like in the middle of the night, and then like it was it ran the next morning. Um, yeah, so this is an eight minute direct focused on uh, third party games. Um, <laughs> so we got a couple little things like Rogue Company, which is a third person multiplayer shooter. Um, looks generic as fuck. We got a look at WWE Two K Battlegrounds with a fucking Stretch Armstrong looking John Cena.
0: <laughs> that game is gonna be such trash.
1: Yeah, it's going to be awful. Um, the, the bigger news, though, um, Cadence of Hyrule, uh, the Legend of Zelda spinoff from the folks who brought you the Crypt of the Necrodancer, is getting some DLC, which is very exciting. Um, the three DLC packs are going to be just $6 each. Um, the first one, which is already out, adds five new characters, including Impa, Shadow Link, Shadow Zelda... And, like, a couple of other characters from, I think, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Um, so new play styles, basically, for runs. Um, and then you have the Melody Pack, which features 39 new songs, which is super cool because the cadence of Hyrule soundtrack was a fucking banger. Um, and I'm looking forward to more of those <laughs> remixes in that style. I think
0: I think it's um, on sale right now for, like, dirt cheap. Or maybe, it, yeah, may, dude, may, like, maybe it's Code of the Necrodancer that's on sale. The, the maybe. One.
1: Crypt of the Necrodancer is always on sale, though. Um, and then the, the third, we're getting a whole new map um, where you will get to play as the Skull Kid from Majora's Mask and you swap your masks to take on different powers. So that's going to be really cool. Um, a version, like a physical version of the game that contains all three DLC packs comes out in October. So all three DLC packs will be coming out between now and October 23rd um, in... Super exciting news for me. Motherfucking Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne getting a fucking HD remake for the Switch. Yo, this 2003 game kicked my ass wholesale. (laughs) And I am so (laughs) looking forward to having my ass kicked wholesale once again in 2021 when it comes out. Um, Yes, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Uh, Now, this is not the version that features Dante from the Devil May Cry series. If you're wondering where the featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series like meme came from, it comes from Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne <laughs> because the original US version of the game featured Dante from the Devil May Cry series. And that was so that was like the hype sticker that they put on the fucking American release box because they didn't know how to promote Shin Megami Tensei in the United States. But they were like, you know, people like Dante, <laughs>
2: <laughs> of all things, right? Like, yeah, right. People like this cornball. Let's put him on this game that he has no business in. Anymore.
1: Yeah. So um, the HD remaster, which will be coming out also on the PlayStation 4 um, in early 2021. Um, it'll actually release in October 2020 in Japan. So they just got to do a little bit to localize. Um, so yeah, we were getting the version that in Japan was known as Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne Maniacs Chronicle Edition because Japanese video game RPG names are what they are. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the trailer showed a brief clip of Raido Kuzunoha from the Devil Summoner games which were also very good and I hope we get an HD remaster of those as well. Um, So yeah, if you played persona and you're like, huh, I know Persona is related to Shin megami Tensei, I'll play Nocturne. Um you are in for a fucking rude surprise because <laughs> that game will fuck your life up. Wholesale. Um, yeah, a lot of people have been posting videos of the Mott fight because Mott is a demon who's a boss. And Mott has this ability called Beast Eye, which gives him like an extra turn on his turn, like an extra action on his turn. Um, and I believe that there's supposed to be, like, specific conditions to, like, trigger him using Beast Eye. However, in the way that the game is programmed, um, it is always triggered. (laughs) So he will notoriously, like, buff himself, Beast Eye, Beast Eye, Beast Eye, buff himself, buff himself, debuff you, and then just, like, wipe your whole party in a fucking instant. So, good luck. Um, also... Thank fucking god Shin Megami Tensei 5 is finally being talked about again after first being announced in early 2017 and not being heard from since. uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is finally back from the war and will be released globally in 2021. (laughs) I hope you're ready to attack and dethrone God because that's what you're going to do because this is a Shin Megami Tensei title and that's what you do in Shin Megami Tensei. Um i saw it's saw a little bit new main character with badly cut bangs but that's fine i'm sure it's fashionable um somewhere <laughs> uh yes order order itself is crumbled and chaos reigns over all in this game um yeah look it's fucking it's shimaga my tensei it's post-apocalypse in tokyo and you're gonna have to punch god in the face at some point what more do you want from a Shin Megami Tensei mainline title? If you're expecting Persona, if you're like, oh, my buddy Joker's going to show up at the Phantom feast." Nah. No.
2: Yeah, that's I'm not happening. At, uh, I'm looking at this trailer and this article. And 16 seconds into the trailer, you see a demon and he says the god that you worship is dead. Yeah, that's uh...
1: Welcome to Shin Megami Tensei. God <laughs> is dead.
2: Good luck.
1: <laughs> Look, I I feel like they're because, like, Persona 5 was so big, right? Persona 5 blew everyone's expectations away. Definitely one of the best JRPGs ever made. Massive mainstream success in a fashion that I don't know people were expecting it to be. The problem is that that's been a lot of people's entry point to the Shin Megami Tensei franchise at large. And they don't really have a frame of reference for, like, the rest of the franchise outside of Persona 5. You can go on Steam, which now has Persona 4 Golden, which I beat, which was delightful, by the way. Um, And a lot of the negative reviews of Persona 4 are like, where are the Phantom Thieves? Where's the metaverse? I don't know. This isn't like Persona 5. And I'm like, if people are getting mad at Persona 4, which is still, like... Fucking babies for Shin Megami Tensei game in yeah, a lot like of ways. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you're not gonna have any fun trying to play Nocturne. You're gonna walk into a new area, get crit, have your whole party wiped on like two on in in two and a half seconds, and you're gonna throw your controller against the wall like I did in 2008.
2: Right, <laughs> damn. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, look, I get it. Shin, played- Shin Megami
1: Tensei Nocturne is the hardest game i think i've ever played um i truthfully never finished it um i got i got pretty far i got like 80 percent of the way through
2: look um, i played but uh,
1: i've I, I have never come closer to actually breaking a playstation controller than i was while playing nocturne so
2: i remember playing shimogami tensei nocturne because dante hello <laughs> and and I did not know... I, I saw a, a kid shoot himself with a gun or whatever. And I'm like... That's Persona 3. Oh, that's Persona 3. No, mm-hmm. I did... Uh, see, I'm getting confused.
1: Mm-hmm. To be but fair, they came out at, like, the same time. So. I
2: remember playing Nocturne. And I remember not, like... I, I, I was not ready. No. And, and I don't think I'm going to be ready.
0: It's and, it's uh, funny. Because in, in, the, in the board game industry, there's a genre of games... Of that are like war games. Um, like, and when I say war games, I mean like conflict simulators of like historic events kind of deal. Yeah. And like Gettysburg and whatnot. Or, oh, th- all sorts of wars and, and things yeah. like that throughout history. And um, so, like, one of the most popular games in all of board gaming is a game called Twilight Struggle, which is kind of simulates the events of, um, you know, it's like America versus Russia during the Cold War. Kind of thing, and you're competing to, for influence and things of that nature. And if to introduce that game to a re, to a novice board gamer would be entirely overwhelming, so it's kind of like, but but it's still accessible enough that you can learn it. So it's kind of like the Persona games of <laughs> of, of wargaming, and then yeah. you can get to like the super like eight hour like sit down and, and slog it out complexity games. Yeah, that are just completely (laughs) obtuse.
1: If you're someone who's like, I really like Persona, but I'm a little intimidated by what I'm hearing about Nocturne. um, What I would recommend that you do is try and play the two Digital Devil Saga games, which came out around the same time. Um, But they're they're sort of like a good stepping stone between the what is ostensibly like overwhelming, but very still accessible, and I would qualify easy, um, the Persona games, and, like, the rest of what I would consider more, like, mainline or hardcore Shin Megami Tensei games um, they're play PlayStation 2 games, but you should play both because they're basically parts 1 and 2 of the same story, um they're, I think they're pretty easy to find, or you can just emulate them, what the fuck ever um, yeah di- Digital Devil Saga, I mean, look Nocturne isn't coming out on Switch until early next year. You've got like six months, right? So, at least. So, you, you got time to play through Digital Devil Saga and see if you're like, okay, cool. Well, if this is what more mainline Shinigami Tensei games play like, then I'm either definitely interested or not interested at all. But if you're going into Nocturne fresh, not having played like a more mainline Mega Ten game before, Godspeed.
0: So we will uh, move quickly through the post office this week. Uh, you can submit our questions by going to our fan group at slash fans every week. Amir says, and th- I feel like this is like, directed specifically at Micah because the, the answer to the, that Micah is going to give to this question is every game. Uh, Amir asks, have you ever played a game that the side quests were so good that you forgot you had to play the main game? Uh, I'm playing one right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like the characters are interesting. One character is, uh, you know, we're out to hunt his student who uh, turns out to be a traitor and uh, is now working with the Mongols. And he doesn't know why, but like, nope, got to kill her. Uh, And one character is like, yeah, my whole family got slaughtered by these motherfuckers. Let's find the killers and kill them. Uh, So, yeah and then oh yeah by the way you got to
0: save y'all like oh okay mass <laughs> effect 2 <laughs> Matt, to, to be fair mass effect 2 the main story is a collection of side quests it,
2: it is but i'm way more invested in helping these characters and getting their loyalty up and then let's like oh yeah by the way we have to fight the baby reaper who is actually like a terminator
0: right like 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 in mass effect 2 they are like after you, once you start <laughs> Once you get into the, it really is. Once you get into the game, they're, they're like legitimately like five story missions, quote unquote. And literally everything else is loyalty building hmm, for right. for your squad. So uh,
1: the game that you... I would say uh, that, I, I wouldn't say that the side quests were so good that I forgot to play the main game. But mostly that like the main game was so mediocre with comparison to side quests that I chose not to. Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I thought the main quest in Oblivion fucking sucked. But like all the side quests, Steve's Guild. Awesome. Dark Brotherhood. Awesome. All all of the side quests and the expansions, really well done, really well written. Main quest suck my dick
0: i feel like it's that's kind of true of skyrim as well
1: in a lot of ways like yeah.
0: like the guild quest uh, lines were far more interesting to me than the, the i main would quest say
1: lines. that the various guild quest lines in skyrim were still better than the main quest but i still at least had a good time playing the main quest mm. in skyrim it was still satisfying to hunt dragons and punch a god in the face this is a recurring theme in games that i play um <laughs> Whereas the, the Oblivion main quest, like, the, the Oblivion gates themselves were so horrendous to actually play that I just didn't want to do them. Mm-hmm. So I chose not to.
0: Uh, Cam asks, uh, he's in the market for new TV and was wondering what the thoughts on curved versus traditional 4K TVs were for video game playing. They're probably negligible, honestly. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Point. I don't think it matters too much. I, th- I think that a curved display is probably a little bit better if you're sitting further away from it. Um, I think if it's if you're like <laughs> monitor distance, or if
1: you're like up against it, and it's just <laughs> 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 surround yourself. I, with screen.
0: I feel like monitor. I, I don't. I don't think there's any games that specifically would take advantage of having a curved display. I don't believe that they're designed that way. So uh, Malcolm asks, "How about the swamp fight this past weekend and at Extreme Rules?" Uh, WWE uh, that I that I he brought up that I said that WWE might run these cinematics into the ground. Malcolm says they have. I'm not surprised that Malcolm says that because Malcolm is is a hater of all things fun. Um, As as I said, you're going to see ones that are better than others for sure. Uh, The Swamp Fight and and the truly the problem with the cinematic matches is that they came out of the gate. With like the two best ones, like it, like it was gonna be very difficult to ever top the boneyard match, and then like the John yeah. Cena, you know, alt history <laughs> yeah. Bray Br- Bray Wyatt this,
2: thing. This is what your life could have been, right?
0: Like like it like it's very hard to top those two because they were so good, um, and and they definitely have have been what mu- the results have been much more mixed, um, since then. But I don't think that they've run it into the ground. I think that they just need to 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 plan them out a little bit better. Um, this was definitely not my think, favorite. Do you
2: think doing them once a month
0: is? I feel like too that is much? too much. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it is a little bit too much to do. Um, and and plus NXT is getting in on it as well. Like the the Champa Gargano one from a couple months ago is actually really good. Um, and that was also one of the earlier ones in the mix. Um, let's see here side quest themed show this week Uh, Romarius asks what games in recent memory have the best side quests or side characters I'm assuming he's means optional characters that aren't essential to the story
1: Best side characters uh Breath
0: of the Wild yeah I mean technically all of the, the um champions in Breath of the Wild aren't necessary you don't have to you don't unlock have to do any of them. With them.
1: So. Please give me more shark boyfriend thank you, Nintendo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's probably a pretty good choice. I have no idea. I I
2: you know most of uh, most of the side characters in um open world games are generally fun, but they kinda have to be because you know the nature of those games, like you got to keep, you got to keep people playing them. Um, I'll, tell yeah. tri-
0: I'll tell you one, I'll tell you one trope. I don't get tired of. I don't get tired of when you have a charismatic character uh, that puts you on a quest line that you tend to really like, and then the character stabs you in the back and you have to end up killing them. Like you see that a lot in open world games. Um, yeah. Most long open world experiences always have at least one of those quest threads. And that's always fun. Be, be wary of any side character that you encounter that's uh, extremely likable for whatever yeah. reason. So,
2: Or if they just straight up talk about how you did them wrong, but it's okay because <laughs> it's not okay, and he's going to turn on you. Duh.
0: Uh, Jay says, now that Rey Mysterio is Solid Snake, uh, will one eye be able to balance... With all that flippity-dippity wrestling. Uh, Jay, actually, Mysterio was down to one eye before uh, the recent Eye for an Eye match happened. And now he has no functioning eyes, according to <laughs> WWE storyline. And I know it's real, because there's a picture of Brave Mysterio, and his eyes popped out of his head, that he, and, his, and his hand against, against his face.
2: Yeah, and Seth Rollins
0: vomited. <laughs> I mean...
2: You can't fake that, right?
0: What a what a ridiculous storyline! But you know what? I'm I'm glad they went the extra mile to actually have like the prop eye that they that they had, you know, subtly in the picture because they could have easily just like been, just said that it happened and not right. and not done anything. But to actually, have the prop uh, is uh, Bravo.
2: This is what I. This is when wrestling is okay, right? Like when it knows that it's ridiculous <laughs> and it's just like you know what? Let's just go for it, man! Like. We all know what we are. Let's just do this. Let's just get weird with it, especially because we don't have people. You know, we're in this weird time now. Let's just get funky with it and see what
0: works. Well, it, like you said, when they, when they can laugh at themselves. So, I don't, Mike, I know you haven't been following. So, there, there was a, there's been a storyline going on at NXT. Um, do you know who Dexter Loomis is?
2: Uh, No.
0: Okay. So, he he's a new wrestler that came in that they've kind of made into this, like, uh, like, serial killer-ish character, but he, like, he's not killing people, but he's got, like, the intensity and, like, he does a lot of weird <sighs> shit. And he's creepy and, and all that kind of stuff. He has, like, a yeah, porny mustache. Cool. um, And and he's been feuding with Undisputed Era. And they had this thing where um, like, he locked uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong in the trunk of a car and drove them away during the Adam Cole-Velveteen Dream match that happened a couple of weeks ago. And so, like, He's been feuding with Roddy Strong who's had like psychological issues and, and like and like he's been afraid of cars ever since the incident and that kind of stuff. And so they had these segments where he was like sitting down with a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist was definitely Kyle O'Reilly in like in like a like a twill hat <laughs> and also other stuff. Kyle O'Reilly has been gone for a while because of the whole COVID situation, but like they brought him back during these sketches. And like I said, they really leaned into it. And at you know during the last therapy session, like Kyle Riley like takes off his glasses and his hat, and is like, "It was me the entire time." And like Rye struggles, like, "I had no idea. I had no idea it was you." Like that kind of shit tickles me. I love when they can laugh at themselves. Yeah, in man, that fashion, just have fun
2: with it. Uh, this dude looks like a jacked Freddie Mercury if he was a Nazi. Like
0: this dude is scary looking. And he's a baby face, like he's a good guy. <laughs> what? Yes. Nah, yo, you can't have a mustache and be a good guy. Sorry,
2: you can't. You can't. You can have every other combination of facial hair, but if you just have a mustache, you're not good.
0: But he's like a serial killer. Like he's like he's like the he's like the 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 uh, killer in a slasher film. Basically, he just appears appears as from nowhere, hides under the ring, that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> sneaks out. It's fun, man. Love wrestling. <laughs> yeah, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, Trey asks: Is is full motion video the genre that won't die? Uh, we all know Trey loves FMV games, by the way, because uh, he's the guy that bought the hard copy of Night Trap when they released it <laughs> recently. Ah. The guy, the the only guy. I'm pretty sure he's the only one that did. Uh, I would argue that full motion video is the genre that never lived.
1: Yeah, it never really became too terribly popular. It's always been this sort of weird niche cult thing. Um, Here's the thing. I don't think there's any genre that will ever, like, die. Like, we've still got fucking 2D platformers being made. And that was, like, 35 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think there's any particular genre of game that will ever go away 100% completely. Um, FMV, I feel like... Still, very like a niche thing, um, because of the very specific kind of production that is involved in such a game. But I find it interesting that some, particularly like indie companies, are working to bring it back um, in new and interesting ways with modern technology, rather than whatever the fuck Night Trap was. Well, I
0: but so but the problem is, I feel like that Trey brought this up because I don't know if you guys saw it. We didn't put it in the news uh, the. Just abysmally embarrassing oh, trailer Gamer that came Girl. out for Gamer Girl that that the official PlayStation account tweeted out before and they deleted it.
1: Deleted. Yes. it. it's like they tweeted it and then they watched the trailer and they were like, "Oh, oh
2: no, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't know what this is." Oh, you should Google okay.
0: Gamer Girl uh, video game Micah and All watch right. the trailer so... for that because it's astonishing.
1: It's terrible. That
0: this is a thing that exists.
1: The publisher, Wales Interactive, said in a series of tweets that the game seeks to raise awareness towards online abuse, saying, Gamer Girl is about the impact user comments and actions have on a streamer's mental health and well-being. The reason why FMV Future created the game was to raise the issue of the toxic environment, which can often appear online, behind the anonymity of a username. Um, It's awful. It looks genuinely All right. awful.
2: Alright, put put a shirt on, lady. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, apparently you in this game, you play as a popular streamer's chat moderator and personal contact. You have to handle a chat log and main personal contact with the streamer. You make decisions about the post in her chat, respond to her DMs, and work to help her succeed. Uh, it's being positioned as the first improvised FMV game with press release drawing comparisons to found footage movies like Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity part of the game involves protect, trying to protect her from a predator and a stalker and following her as she takes her screaming into dangerous real, real world scenarios so it's basically like hey let's watch this girl get stalked and abused by people online this fun for can't the whole family. possibly
0: be a good idea And as someone who used to be a forum moderator in in like community forums, I cannot imagine a less fun thing to do in a video game than than this. Um,
2: Yo, what are we? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: That's the right facial expression to have, Micah. Yep, (laughs) that's it. That's the one.
0: We'll end with Robin, who asks, what games have you played that you enjoyed but never finished because you were tired of playing them? Uh, every 60-hour open-world epic that I truly <laughs> enjoy for about 30 hours and then fall off of because it gets repetitive. Like, like the, So the problem with games like that, and I'm worried it's going to be the same thing for Cyberpunk when he comes out. It's my only fear. Is that if the, if your story like 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 the gameplay is what gets me in the door and and having fun for a while. But if your story can't drag me through the rest of the experience, I'm only gonna play half to two thirds of your game and call it call it quits. I've gotta w I've gotta wanna see what happens next.
2: Uh yeah, yeah, as much as I love open world games, that is um that is something that Kind of, it gets to a point where I'm just like, all right, I gotta blow through this mm-hmm. because I because I want to actually finish. It. Like I've I've put too much time into this just fucking around to not finish it now. Um, but it, yeah, uh, Far Cry. I I enjoy playing those Far Cry games, but they're not like I don't feel the need to finish them. Mm -hmm. Um, as much as I love Assassin's Creed, I mean, I did finish the main story of Odyssey, but, um, what was the one that came before that? I never finished origins. I never finished, um, the Jamaican one. I never finished, uh, the colonial one.
0: Um, oh, here you go. You know, you know, probably the, the best example of this is for me, honestly, like, like the shiny example Breath of the Wild. I I sunk yep. fifty hours into Breath of the Wild. Enjoyed my time. That game has n- almost no story, almost none. Like like the central plot line is almost it, like the the, cent- the the point of the game is presented to you in the first five hours, and then there's not too much, and then there's not too much story development beyond that.
2: Uh, Bethesda games. I finished one Bethesda game in the modern Fallout era of Four. Bethesda right. Games, and it was Fallout Four and and that's just cuz one there was nothing else out at the time and two i was like i've never finished one of these i got to finish one <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: i think one for me is radiant historia which is a game that i've bought twice played through most of the way twice and did not finish twice and part of that is because atlas in their unyielding wisdom decided first to release the original release of Radiant Historia about six months before the 3DS came out. It was a very late DS release. Mm. And then Perfect Chronology came out in the United States about a year after the Switch <laughs> launched for the 3DS. So these are they're, they're games that are good. The, the Part of the problem with Radiant Historia um, is that it's a game that really runs you in circles as far as the story is concerned, and I got kind of sick of that shit eventually. Um, Beautiful music, great characters, fun battle system. I just couldn't fucking hang anymore.
0: Well, there you go. So again, densepixels.com slash fans, if you would like to contribute to the Dense Post Office, thank you for everyone's submitted questions. We only answered about half of them this week just because we were running long. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the show on anywhere you get your podcast, and make sure you subscribe to the other TNP Studio shows while you're doing that as well. Head over to youtube.com slash pixels, click the like icon, click the bell to subscribe, click the red button to subscribe, click the bell to be notified. We post new videos every week. Pulling a mic over here, yes. and you can also head <laughs> <laughs> and you can also head over to Twitch. Uh, follow Carrie at Subs Carrie. Follow Terrence at Apparition Four Ten. I might uh, do
1: some streaming this weekend. I might try and set up for some monster hunter streams.
0: There, there you is. go.
1: You can watch me get my shit kicked in by a
0: so thank you guys. Brought
1: the episode full circle,
0: folks. Yep. Thank you guys for uh, for listening to this jumbo sized episode. That's, see, that's what you get when we're off for a week. You get a long episode the following week. So we'll see you all the next time.
1: See ya.